Hey stackers, Thane here. Dice are pretty important if you want to play Dungeons and Dragons. So if you want some dice to play some Dungeons and Dragons, from your traditional acrylic dice to really super cool, amazing metal dice to some even new wooden dice, which look really good and I should probably get a set of those soon, just head on over to DiceNV.com. Especially if you go to their website through the link in our show notes, you can buy any set of dice from their website and we will get a portion of the proceeds which we can use to improve our podcast for your listening pleasure. Many of the sound effects you hear used in the show week to week come from BattleBards.com. You can sign up for a Prime subscription, which gives you streaming access to sounds, sound tools for you to use in your games. And if you use our code STACK, you can get a 20% off of that Prime subscription. So head on over to BattleBards.com and sign up for your Prime subscription today using our code STACK. There are lots of ways to get hold of us. You can catch us on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice. Our email address is stack.o.dice at gmail.com. We have a wiki that is going to grow someday. It's vardalon.fandom.com. I have several things to cover before we get started with the game. I wanted to be sure to thank Rob Irvin of Rob Irvin VoiceOvers again for his stellar work in our intro. Check him out at robirvinvoiceovers.com. I also wanted to make note that last month, the month of October, was our best month ever for downloads. We had a ton of downloads, especially toward the end of the month. I wanted to especially thank California, Texas, Indiana, Virginia, Washington, Tennessee, and New York. If you live in any of those states, you represent the top seven states outside of our home state of Maryland in number of downloads. And so a great way to show support for our show is to download our episodes, listen to them, and then tell your friends about it. That'll really help the show to spread and help those numbers to rise. Also, if you've not yet taken a moment to rate and review us on your podcast service of choice, please take a moment to do that. In doing that, you'll help us to appear higher on lists and others will be able to find and enjoy the show. Something else that was exciting to me was our last episode, number 58, was our hundredth piece of content in this show. So that's everything, special little episodes and everything, a hundred things that we have added to our stream. And so that was kind of a neat little milestone. We will soon be up to 60 actual play episodes. That's a lot. And we hope you're enjoying the run. And we, I think we're all enjoying it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) And before we get going with our question, I wanted to give Meredith a moment to talk about her last week. Uh, She actually helped with the editing. So I just wanted to give you a moment to talk about your experience. Yeah, it was it was fun. As we've made mention of before, in talking about the editing process week to week on these episodes, one of the the main things that takes up the majority of Rhett's editing time is cleaning up each of our individual tracks. Because of the less than ideal circumstances under which we are recording you know we're in a room with a lot of hard surfaces and we're all facing each other what ends up happening a lot of the time is other people's voices also get picked up by each other's microphones so Rhett's microphone is really the the worst offender because we're all kind of facing him he's backed up against a wall so all of our voices bounce back into his microphone and so Every week, the first step in editing is to clean out the echoes of all of our three voices out of his microphone's track. And that takes up the the longest amount of time for him. So I, I undertook that task last week. I worked on it a little bit every day. And it was it was interesting. It was certainly eye-opening 
to see how much little things like bumping the table or moving a chair or even um, noises we make with our mouths, as I've been told that I do a lot of before I start talking, and he always edits those out. Um, we each of us have our own little foibles. Uh, I pass gas. <laughs> yeah, all the time. We're constantly having to silence all of these. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and it, it was slow going at first. I wasn't sure I would even be able to finish his one track in the week that I spent working on it. But I picked up, picked up some speed as I got the hang of it. And it was super helpful. I really appreciated the time that she spent. I don't know how many hours you ended up putting into it. Um, each day that I worked on it, it, it varied. There were a couple of days where I only was able to spend maybe 30 minutes to at most an hour. I guess in total, four hours? Yeah. So for me, I guess it'd take about an hour and a half for my track alone. But again, learning curve and... Yeah. yeah. If, if I do it again this week, which I plan to... Um, I, I assume it'll go much faster Yeah, and be much neater. <laughs> so yeah, it was very helpful. I appreciate your help with that. And there was very little that I had to do. I, I went back and listened to it just as a quality check. And yeah, you did a great job, especially on the last episode, which ended up being almost an hour and a half long. And the recorded, the, the original recording was about an hour and 51 minutes. Yeah, that saved me probably a couple hours of editing time. So thank you. You bet. The question I wanted to ask today is actually individual questions, but they all kind of ask the same ultimate question. Michael, Womberbash accidentally harms one of his friends. How do you adapt to that? How would you as a player adapt to Womberbash accidentally harming either Peter or Tira? You mean as me playing the character? Uh, Yeah. Well, first of all, that that would devastate Bash if he accidentally, you know what I mean? It, he would, he, I think he would have a mental breakdown. Um, and I think it might even cause him some sort of trauma that he would actually hesitate to use any powers that he has in the future mm. in fear of that. So I think that would be very, very bad for him as, as, as how I think he would handle that. I think I'd be compelled to handle his character that way. Okay, yeah, good. Thane? How would Peter handle falling out with Basham? Ooh. Um, I think Peter would almost feel empty, maybe even purposeless, without Basham to serve what does he have. That's kind of his main thing. And so if he ends up losing his connection to Basham, Peter would just probably, like, he probably turned to the dark side or something, mm. being honest. Because, I mean, any purpose is a good purpose to him if he doesn't have one. I, I would, at least that's, that's what I think Peter would go to. That whole, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything Basically. idea. <laughs> Why do I feel like we're giving the DM ideas? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I answer truthfully. I mean, I would kind of like to see a dark side <laughs> Peter. Like a dark side pretty Pe dope. Yeah, it would be pretty dope. <laughs> And Tira, I mentioned this jokingly in the last episode, but if your axe broke, how would... Well, I have two, how, so... Well, <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase that. If your axes broke, how would that affect Tira? Ooh, um, I think she would have a, 
at least a momentary sort of crisis where she's sort of trying to figure out what what else can I do? Because unlike Peter and Bash, she doesn't have any innate magic. The Starstone she has calls forth her mother, but that's after she attacks. So uh, if she doesn't have her her axes to attack with, she can't call forth her mother. Her other two weapons that she has are really very light damage and not as much her style. You know, the, the, the light hammer and the javelin. I've only rarely pulled those out. Um, Tira much, much more favors of hand-to-hand heavy combat. Um, so she might feel a little bit like, well, what, what is my purpose in this group then? If I can't, if I can't run in swinging and draw, draw the serious attackers onto myself and away from my friends, what am I going to do? But then I, I would hope that she would, having learned resiliency from the tragedy in the Delve and the idea of just, okay, so what now? You know, how do, how do we work this into my advantage? She might try and find better ways to use the hammers or the javelin, or she might try and fashion herself a new axe. I don't know. In spite of Michael's apprehensions, I'm not doing this to uh, come up with new ideas for ways to torment the party, but <laughs> I am doing it as a means of getting you to think about how your character would, would react to certain admittedly very serious events for each of you. That's why I chose the potentials, the possibilities that I did. Uh, but yeah, it's just a way of getting you into the mind of your character before we get going now. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Stackers, we want to thank you for joining us as we continue our 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I'm Rhett, the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tyr Ironstag. Michael as Wamberbash Benson Mom. Thane as Peter Greyhawk. And Michael, can you give us a recap of what happened last time? Oh, yes. So we were inside of the crater and there was a lot of, um, a lot of moss, no, a, a lot of smoke. A lot of fog, a lot of fog, and we couldn't see. And we were all of a sudden, oh, we, we couldn't see. And so I had to uh, fly, and I had a rope tied to me so uh, Tira could hold on to it so I could guide them out of the crater uh, so they can get up and out because we wanted to go north. Well, while I was in the air and trying to guide them, I was uh, I felt the rope uh, go slack, and I heard noise, and I saw movement, and then I heard yelling, and so I dove down, and then a battle was was ensuing there, and it was the um, big, huge, like, uh, like gorilla type creatures, and uh, one of them was just absolutely huge. It stunk, and uh, we we ultimately defeated it, and um, I th- used up all after, your powers. <laughs> yeah, after one of the worst fights in this show's history. <laughs> oh, actually, the mine, second mine, worst. Mine was pretty good. The uh, second worst for Tira. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah. Um, I and I still have side points left over. But uh, yeah, Fairly. so um, you didn't scratch out the two on your twenty sider, did you? No, <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> actually, you're gonna never mind. Um, yeah, so that so and so we we wound up defeating it, and that's where we ended it. And so we still need to get out of this out of this yeah. crater. Yep. The last echoes of the giant ape's death cry disappear into the fog. 
absorbed quickly by the drifting white curtains that keep you from seeing more than a few feet in any direction. We feel a tug and pull away, rising quickly into the air and pushing northeast with undue speed, and as we descend in another part of Edelin, the lingering anguish of the distant scream merges with raucous cheers as we settle into a cooler climate. We find ourselves on a hill, behind a lone figure on a black horse. He's a scarred man with a shaved head. He watches, his back to us, as distant horns sound and the valley before him begins to crawl in the darkness. An army of thousands turns its attention forward and begins to march. The ground trembles beneath us as untold thousands begin to weave southward in a long black column. Overhead, cold, hard stars glare down on Vardalon. Shumash, the Reaver's chosen captain, looks on with a grim face as the chanting and jeering soldiers file by his position. Satisfied with what he sees, Shumash lifts his heavy helm, the face of which depicts a horrific, angry visage, and slides it onto his head. The strong horse breaks into a trot and then a canter. He moves swiftly and smoothly as heavy hooves pound the hard earth, moving to take his place at the head of this army. To Arden and to death, he says under his breath. And beneath the terrible steel face of his helm, his mouth twists into a grin. We rise from here and in moments find ourselves once more with Tira, Bash, and Peter in the unsettling fog of the crater in Rahaj Manath. Hmm. Is there anything you all want to say or do? Peter opens his eyes after seeing, seeing this vision. <laughs> yeah. We must go back to Arden. <laughs> yeah. The smelly body of the giant ape falls solidly to the damp earth, scattering crumbling stonework as it does so. After all the commotion, the following silence seems strangely loud in your ears. One giant ape arm flings out protectively, even in death, covering something on the ground. There are a couple things you can do. First of all, uh, let's see. Each of you roll me a perception check. There's a couple things going on here. Uh, So if you roll me two perception checks, give me the numbers for the first roll and then separately the numbers for the second roll. All right. Lomberbash has a five. 17 plus two, 19. 18. Okay. Peter, you're by one of the dead ape bodies on the ground, the smaller ones. And Tira, you're by the other one, the one that hit you originally. And something odd about them catches your eye. As you both lean in at about the same time to check it out, you notice they don't seem to have died by slamming into you because they have sword cuts on them, like the long gash of a panavis and of other blades. This cut looks like it was made by a panavis. So these are the ones that, I, I don't understand, that Bash killed these? Well, it looks like, you know, the ones that we fought earlier. Oh, these are the same ones we fought earlier. Got it. And huh. the, the second perception check? Yeah, go ahead and give oh. me the results of your second perception check. Four. <laughs> I see nothing. You're totally focused on the body. Yeah, I'm like, what is this? 19. And, 12. Okay. As the giant ape's body falls... Just before it hits the ground, you hear what sounds like the tinkling of metal on metal from somewhere back behind the ape. Intriguing. 
I believe I shall head over to where this sound originated. You make your way along the body. It is gigantic, even in death. In fact, its massive chest rises from the ground, and it's taller than you are. Ooh. Oh, man. Yeah. I thought you were going to say his gigantic chest rises and falls. Like, he's not actually dead. I'm like, no! <laughs> oh, no, we just put him Lop to sleep. his head off! Oh, he's sleeping. <laughs> As you make your way to where the head lies shrouded in fog... You see that the arm that spread out protectively as the ape fell is covering yet another body of a smaller ape. But as you make your way to the head, you find that there are piles of treasure. What do you see, Peter? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) So if you'll hand me the DM's guide and go ahead and find your dice for me. Thane, why don't you roll a percentile roll? Okay. So two D10s. It is a 93. Okay, Michael, can you roll me two four-siders? Seven. You almost maxed out there, okay. You find seven various works of art, and we can come up with what those are later. Seven works of art. How are we going to carry all this crud? Yeah, and I'm not talking paintings and stuff. It could be little carvings. (laughs) That's what I always... That's what I always... Imagine first, like, how are we going to be hauling around these giant framed things? We'll make a little palette. And yeah. No. Um, Meredith, I'm going to let you roll for the money. Okay. Because we're going to do some other rolling here in a moment. Uh, if you can roll 2d6. Uh, 10. There are a thousand copper coins. 10 bucks. <laughs> Another 2d6. Oh. Six. Six thousand silver pieces. Someone's writing this down, right? Oh, hang on, give me a sec. I'm rolling, so I mean, <laughs> what was it? how many coppers? Two thousand. No, wait. One thousand. <laughs> Two million. Two thousand. <laughs> how many silver? Six hundred silver. Six. Six thousand silver. silver. This is six hundred. Six thousand silver. Oh, okay. Six thousand silver. <laughs> we'll write these down now. Yes, write them down now before he changes his mind. Meredith uh, is trying to shift things around. 6d6. Oh, give me some more dice. Okay. <laughs> I can't count. One, I'm like, I two. Need one more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, grief. 8, 12, 14. 1,400 gold pieces. Not 14,000? <laughs> one million dollars. One million dollars. And 3d6. Eight. 80 platinum pieces. <gasps> so yeah, you uh, have made out with a lot of treasure here. Also, Michael and Thane, you're going to help me out here. I'm going to go to Magic Table F. Mm. What about the 93 and the 7 that they rolled a minute ago? The 7, that was, that was the number of art items. I oh, yeah. A, I rolled a 93, which probably influenced the magic items thing. Oh, okay. Thane, if you can roll me a D4. Ooh. Two. Okay. Michael, you get to roll once, and Thane, you get to roll once. Go ahead and roll me percentile rolls for both of you. 30. 98. Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, sorry. Long. Sorry. Wait, sorry. wait, 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 wait. That is 68. Sorry. It was 36%. Okay. Womberbash, 
as you're hearing Peter shifting around piles of money, that catches your ear. That's an interesting sound. So you hover over. What's it got there? <laughs> you still have wings sprouting out of your back, by the way. Mm-hmm. He does? Yeah, they never went away. They yeah. last for an hour. Yeah, it's been a lot less than an hour. I thought I remember it at some point in the episode. It says about you're back to your normal shape now after he like ducked down to a half an inch tall and then. Yeah, that was size. Yeah. But I remember you saying, so you're back to your normal shape now. Yeah, because I, 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 I shrink yeah. down and then I shrink back up again. So you meant size. Yeah, you said size. shape. Okay. Some of the coins are in a pile of cloth. Okay, so I pick up that pile of cloth, and how many pieces are in that pile of cloth? Uh, just a part of the coins. Okay. So you now have a pile of cloth, but as you pick it up and shake it out, you realize that it's a cloak. Oh. Of invisibility? <laughs> and Thane, what did you roll? I 68. rolled eight, 68, yes. This is actually pretty cool. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's not really the reaction. <laughs> yeah. that was... Not what I was expecting. Oh, no. Okay, guys, remember those mechanical horses we had? I know, I saw my clockwork horse. Whatever happened to those? I have the stats report me the second son of the Lord of the we, Horses We here. left them, remember? Yeah, I mean, did we leave them back when Dash, oh. or when Dash, <sighs> Thump got yeah. taken off? Peter, as you move the coins, you realize that underneath them is what looks like a suit of scale armor. But what's interesting about it is, in spite of the dampness of the weather, and your own armor has begun to have little flecks of rust on it from wearing it, mm. this is gleaming brightly, even in the fog. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to try it on. Like, right here, right now. I'm getting... I, I'm changing my armor in the presence of a dead King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's going to take you... It's a weird flex. I'll say, I'll say it, uh, it takes you about 15 minutes to doff the old armor and put on the new. And it feels light and flexible on you, and it seems to fit perfectly. Does it do anything to his armor class? Does it indeed? It's hard to tell. <laughs> Someone try and hit me. <laughs> Tira. Here, here, stab me with hit this. Hit me. <laughs> come, on, hit come, me. On, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Hit me, hit me. Hit me. Hit me. <laughs> Okay, and um, uh, what, whatever. Tira, why don't you just go ahead and roll once, too? For oh. What? I mean, what, what, what am I working Percentile dice. Okay. Might as well. I know Thane only rolled a two on the die, but we're going to go for three. 28? You get a rock. <laughs> it is Halloween time, she, she right? She gets the entire country. <laughs> I got a rock. <laughs> she gets the entire country of Iraq. Oh, my. I for real got a rock? <laughs> No, you did not for real get a rock. <laughs> you are mean to me. You insult me. You got a painted rock. <laughs> with a smiley face I know, on I was going to say, it says smile with a little daisy painted on it. Aw. It's foreshadowing the daughter you're going to have with Chiswick. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> there are some bracers, like arm protection. Fine. <laughs> Baskets and invisibility cloak. Peter so you assume. Elven armor. <laughs> I, I, get get I, got a rock. I get a you bracelet. Get bracelets. <laughs> yeah. not, not bracelets, bracers. I know, but it's basically the same difference. No. Just a big fat bracelet. Okay, you got um, me there. Fine, fine, bracers. It runs from your wrist up to your elbow. I know yeah. what it is. <laughs> this is not cool. You don't know what it does. Nothing is ever cool woman? to you. She stops bullets with hers. <laughs> That's right. Now you need a lasso of truth and a shield. No, no, she doesn't have a shield. Has a shield. Where does she? 
Her bracers are her shield. Okay. Two bracers. Actually, she did have a shield. Did she? Like a sword and shield? Or just a shield? No, she didn't have a sword. In the movie? She did have a shield in the movie. Remember when she walks out of the oh, foxhole? Yeah, and, like, and she's like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was dope in that scene, You guys haven't seen that, have you? No, it's, it's just not a us. foxhole. It's a trench. You're it was grounded. trenches. You're grounded. <laughs> <laughs> Mom. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Michael says I'm grounded. <laughs> <laughs> I put them on, I guess. Does it do anything to her armor class? <laughs> Hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to find out. Resurrect one of these apes You're from like, the dead. Hit me, hit me. <laughs> <laughs> some ninja stars at me. What's that? What's ninja wrong star. in the trailer park? Ninja star. Regular can of tobacco, you say? No, says I. Tira, you put on the bracers. There's the creaking of the leather as you tie them. They're leather? Yeah. Aw. Most bracers are. Oh, they were brass or bronze or something. Do you want them to be brass or bronze or something? No, you just do what you're doing there. <laughs> if they were bronze, it'd be dope. If it helps with the visual any, there's an embossed arrow on both of the okay. bracers. Yes. You're going to go like this with your arms and hand, and it's going to form a magical bow, <gasps> and you're going to be able to like shoot people with it. Yes. Tira, why are you making <laughs> weird motions with your arms? <laughs> Okay. Sorry, I was thinking of the spleen. Pow, pow, pow. Let me get back to my notes. <laughs> Let's get back on track here, people. <laughs> this is ridiculous. We've done a thing that we've been recording for 45 minutes. Well, let's talk about Norse battle. Let's talk about Norse battle. Well, I, yeah, I, know. I got a cloak. I found some bracers. <laughs> The sounds of the battle seem to have frightened anything. There's no sounds of movement in the fog. Uh, if you want to take a short rest, you can try and do that now. I won't let you take a long rest. Uh, I'd say that your adrenaline is pumping too much for you to actually get much benefit out of it. But mm -hmm. if you want to take a one-hour short rest, you can do that. And as I was looking through the DM's guide, I found that during a short rest, it, during the space of one hour, you can actually attuned to a magic item and, and spend time focusing on that magic item and understand the basics of how it works. Do you guys want to get out of here still? Like, I, I can still, like, maybe guide you guys out of here. You want to tie the rope onto your arm this time, Tira? I guess so. I uh, probably should do that. Oh, hey, guys, we need to make sure we get back to, you know, find our horses. What? Well, we got to get out of the crater first. Well, yeah, we need to get out of the crater and then find our way back to our horses. Well, your horses are in the port city of Dura. Yeah, so we've we left to, them away. Yeah. And so you're heading to, north, and Dura to, is to the east. We need to get to Dura. I must reunite with pork meat. I don't think we're going to be able to we're do that. We're not going back. All right, so I, um, I tie the, the rope onto mm -hmm. Tira's arm, and I use my wings, and I flap up and trying to go above the... Uh, the fog, and I, I can see again the, the direction in which we were once going, and okay. I head toward that um, to take her to the uh, rim of the, uh, the crater there. Okay, uh, and let me just splice this in. Tira, your face is still covered in blood from where you broke your nose. Oh, yeah. So you have blood just gushing down, not gushing anymore, yeah. but uh, blood Sticky. from your nose down to your chin and, and drops hanging off your chin, oh, and then dirt stuck to all that. So you just look. I have a dirt beard. You look terrible. <laughs> I'll worry about it when we get out of the out of this crater. Okay. 
Wamberbash, you flap upwards. Again, the, the fog swirls around the tips of your wings as you go. Tira, you just see his dark form disappear eventually. Wamberbash, you rise above the level of the fog, and it just feels better. But for Tira and Peter, the rest of your escape from the crater will forever remain a blurry, dreamlike memory. Wet fog clings to you, seeming to offer no hope of ever coming to an end. It seems like, no matter how far you go, there's always more to go. Shapes emerge from the blanketing fog, only to resolve into yet more ruins. Whoever lived here, they were certainly builders, because they've left evidence of their handiwork everywhere as mute testament to their ancient ability. At long last, however, just as you begin to feel like you'll never make it out, Tira, you begin to notice that the ground under your feet is sloping upward. Oh, finally, I feel like we're going upward. Peter, stay close behind me. Let's not get lost. Silence as she realizes that I have disappeared long ago. Womberbash, <laughs> <laughs> you begin to feel the rope slacken, but you can still feel little tugs on it, so you know she hasn't let go of the rope altogether. And then, uh, I guess, what are you doing? Are you settling down on the rim? Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over to uh, the rim and, and settle down and kind of look behind me to make sure I can, uh, I'm going to pull up a little bit on the yes, slack yes, just say, to feel as, a little bit of tautness. As I'm coming up, it's like I'm pulling up the rope towards him as he's pulling in. And I'm going to do one of those things where, because I had dew all over me from the fog, uh, but now I feel better up here, I'm going to do the thing where animals do where they yeah. start at the top and they sort of like wiggle to flick off. Shake like, uh, And I'm going to flap my wings a couple times to get the dew off the wings. And I'm just going to fold them back and they'll be cupped in up and behind my, my back. You start pecking around for worms or something. <laughs> <laughs> start scratching at the ground with my, my feet. No, and I'm just going to slowly uh, keep you know pulling in the, the rope, let her know that I'm still there and, and to help a little bit. About five minutes of steady climbing gets you to the top. You break out of the fog at last. I'm going to hug Wombabash. Great. Uh, your face is bloody. Am I? Oh, my nose. I forgot about that. It's crooked, actually. Do you want me to fix it? Oh, yeah. Fix your nose. Bash, I don't want you to fix it. (laughs) Peter, do something about this. Let me put some more dirt on (laughs) it. Yeah. (laughs) Episky. Yeah. And then I smack Tyr in the face. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) What Be healed like Batman. She goes into a rage. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's another fight. Roll for initiative. (laughs) I I just kind of smother her face with my hands as the vines kind of wrap around her entire head when I remove them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she is dragged down into the earth, <laughs> never uh, to be seen again. Oh, you hear... <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Hey, if that's the case, does he take the scars away from her face, too, that she got from the uh, the um, the cave-in nah. of the del- delve? She's going to still have a, bit, a little bit of a crooked nose like Dumbledore. So the healing from the delve happened well before Peter. Oh, so she still has she still has the scars on her arms. Yeah, any healing that he does presumably could remove scarring unless you choose not to have that happen. (laughs) I'm just gonna (laughs) just like make her whole again, but leave the marks there still. (laughs) You're getting a portion of your health back. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, did you have any scars? Restore me to a portion of my health. Reasonable portion. Vasham, who's in the skies, heal her just a little bit, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, did I have scars on my face or was it just my arms? I thought it was just my arms. The scars were on your arms. Yeah, not my uh, face, so don't well, worry about that. you get, oh. you get like, oh, wow, um, you got like 16 hit points. How many? 16, and that's max. Oh, okay, wow, woohoo. I was not hit once in that last battle. 
you feel your nose straighten under his gentle touch. Mm-hmm. A little bit of little crackly, crumbly sounds as the bones <sighs> yeah. fit back into place. Ooh, that feels better. Now I'm not talking like this. <laughs> and and, and now, now that the nose is straightened again, the blood flow can continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to take out, Do I? is there any water in my water skin? Sure. All right, I'm going to take that out and just pour a little bit in my hands and kind of, you know, just splash it on my face. Trying, I'm not necessarily worried about getting all sprucey, just splashing a couple, because I don't want to use all my water up that I had to take a splash a couple of handfuls just to kind of get the, the majority of the grime off. Peter goes over to the mist, uncorks his water skin, just kind of like swishes it around the air for a bit to collect water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a fitful breeze that plays across your neck. It's full of the jungle's green, humid smell. It's not much, but it beats everything that you have left behind. And looking back toward the crater's center, standing there are the walls of the red castle in the clouds, and they show somewhat silver in the moonlight. And you think perhaps that as you look, there's a little gleam of something on top. Purplish? Thump. Thump. I untie the, um, the ropes that we had, because we had put three together. And I give each one of us uh, back our ropes, and I pack my stuff. And uh, I, I think we should get going. I, um, we got to go north, right? That's the direction that you chose to go last time, yes. Yeah. I will add, a look northward shows what looks like miles of jungle canopy stretching away, velvety dark in the night. Tira, maybe three miles, maybe more, north. You can see the gentle glow of moonlight on ocean water. It looks like there's a there's water to cross ahead. We had to get through a pretty thick-looking jungle first. If it was just me, I might be able to just fly over there, but I guess we'll have to walk through the jungle. I climb on to Wamberbash's back. <laughs> just ride you. <laughs> he collapses you. under your weight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the way, did you leave the other suit of armor down there that was the one that came from physic comfort i mean it's it's not it's probably not as good as the armor as the new armor because the new armor is magical and therefore superior but i mean haven't tested it yet but like you know a feeling of sickness washes over you (laughs) you have black flowers growing out of your ears i was literally just gonna say that (laughs) speaking of which yeah let me let me do something here oh dear buddy (laughs) okay go ahead Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Thank goodness the foam is on the way or else I could see what else he was thinking about. Um, wh- well, Peter suddenly feels apprehensive and paranoid. Uh, so well, you did leave the other armor down there? Huh. <laughs> I'm rethinking that, but it's too late now. I guess I did. Yeah, moving onward and upward. I uh, buried it. You didn't. Yes, I did. That's what I did. So you took the time to bury Physic Comfrey's armor down in the crater? Yes. Okay. That was easy enough to do. The soil down there was very loamy and loose and, and damp, so you didn't have to worry about it collapsing in on itself as you dug. So there was plenty of room for you to do that. And what time is it? Well, it is currently <laughs> 6.45, our time. In game. The time is, I'm going to say, probably about 1 in the morning. Oof. As you, you said you're moving on? Yes. Okay. You make your way very, very carefully down the steeper outer slope of the crater. And Tira, I'm going to say that you are leading the way, picking the best possible way down. Mm-hmm. And because of you being the trailblazer, the others are able to follow that and make your way down. If you'll 
Womberbash and Peter. I'm going to say, Tira, you're pretty sure-footed in this. If you can give me a DC 10 I have dexterity a 21. Check. 20 mod. Okay. Yeah, you both make it down after Tira with no problems. Uh, I guess you got your experience climbing up. <laughs> and you make your way to the edge of the, of the jungle's densely packed trees. It's still very quiet. Uh, it's nighttime, and so there's not a lot of activity. Hmm. I'm wondering if maybe we should sit down for a minute and take stock. We can look at these things that we just got. Take that short rest you mentioned. <laughs> Please. Please. Just... I agree it was good for us to get out, get out of that crater before stopping to look at anything, but maybe we should sit down and ha- take stock of our situation before we... Is it warm outside right now? It's and- very warm. Okay. It's right. not as warm as it is during the daytime, but it is warm. But it is night, and we're going to have to make a fire anyway to be yeah, able to see. Yeah, well, I'm thinking, isn't it super humid? It's very humid. So a fire would be nice to kind of at least dry the air in our immediate... All right, so I'm going to make a fire. Yeah. You're able to do that with very little trouble, and so you soon have a, a merry fire crackling just at the edge of the jungle. Every now and then you do see maybe the glint of eyes in the darkness inside the trees but they <laughs> that's right mm-hmm. but they disappear almost immediately nothing probably that, just cre- like yeah. little woodland creatures just curious yeah coming to see what's going on i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna have a little closer look at my uh bracers i'm gonna look at my cloak run my fingers along the embossed arrow i'm gonna smell my cloak i'm going to lick my armor Okay, I think we're going to do some trading here. I'm going to say, Tira, you can understand what Peter's armor is about, thanks to your dwarven background. Okay. Peter, I'm going to say that you can understand what Bash's cloak is. Me having worn a cloak for so long with my uh, cloak of protection. And Bash, I'm going to say that you you remember reading something as a child or hearing a story about bracers like Tira's, and so you're each going to be studying each other's items. Oh, okay. So, Peter, as you're sitting there... Wow, Bash. Looks like your cloak can insert citation from Dungeon Master's <laughs> Guide here. <laughs> <laughs> it looks almost like the same handiwork as yours. Almost exactly. Mm-hmm. Plus one to armor class, question mark? <laughs> if that's the case, and I don this bad boy... That means... You're immortal. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's another cloak of protection. Makes sense. Okay. So you get a plus one to your armor class while you're wearing it. And so, uh, Peter, why don't you describe the feeling you get as you, while you wear your cloak? Dude, twins. <laughs> I hate this cloak. <laughs> I feel protected. Now we're going to start calling you Peter by mistake. <laughs> Hey, 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 P- oh, oh, Bash. What's it look like? What's it look like? What's the color uh, and stuff? It's like, I think it's dark blue or something like that. Yeah, why don't you describe the color? It's up to you, Womber Bash. Oh, well, if that's the case, uh, I'd like my cloak to be brown. Okay. It's brown, and it has um, very nice finishing stitches on it, and it even has some embroidered, like, foliage uh, on the down. It's the same color stitching as the robe itself, or the cloak itself. However, if you just look closely, you'll see that it's in the shape of plants and things of that nature. And around the the, uh, inside of the neck is a special material. I'm not sure what it is, but it makes it to where when it goes around the neck, it's not too itchy. Nice. Mm. Very good. 
Wamberbash, as you see Tira fiddling with her bracers, you're drawn. Hey, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you quickly come up with a story? They are bracers of archery. Well, Mom, are, time I mean, to pick up the bow. Do, do they do what I said they were doing? While wearing these bracers, you have proficiency with the longbow and shortbow, even if you don't already. And you gain a plus two bonus to damage rolls on ranged attacks. Any long or short bow, you'll be able to use with proficiency and get a bonus to your damage. Oh, I've got a story. All right, okay. so I'm, I'm writing it down. So plus two, you said? Yes. Damage. On long and short bow attacks while you're wearing these. Right. Okie dokie. All right, let's hear your story. I, I remember reading a story when I went to go see that wise man when I was fiddling through some things. I read something before I got to talk with him and he gave me my scroll, but... There was a, a talk of this this um, old man who was actually uh, defending his village, and all that he had was a bow, but he wasn't he didn't know how to use it. Um, but he kept practicing with it and practicing with it. Well, he had a son, and um, his son would watch him practice when he was when he was little. And all of a sudden, danger came to the village, and the only one that had a weapon was this old man because they were a village of farmers. And the old man stood up, and he defended the best he could. But in the end, the village overtook, uh, I mean, the, the enemies overtook the village and, and killed, killed the old man, actually. And as they were uh, taking care of everyone and binding them up and going to lead them away, uh, the little boy picked up the bow from his father, and he stretched it, and he finally actually killed the leader in charge. Well, with the leader of the army uh, dead, the other uh, 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 soldiers didn't really know what to do then, so they left the village. Well, uh, it's it said that um, the little kid took the skin of his father, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Whoa, this wow, is some kind of that's a dark turn. <laughs> some kind of wow. grim brother. Kind of grim so these are cursed bracers of archery. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Um, um, well, when, when, when the mother came over to look at her son, she realized that her son had grabbed um, his father's bracers, and, and she told him that it must have been the spirit of his dad that helped him uh, swiftly uh, and strongly uh, uh, stretch the bow and, and to kill the leader of the, of the village. And so after that, the boy, I think, carved some, some arrows into uh, the bracers, and that, that's what those look like. You think these are the same ones? I, I, I just, I, I find it very strange that I read that story and they look just like they were described in the story. Wow. Maybe Peter makes a motion or something, Tira. But as he moves, you see for the first time, you're not distracted by mm. the blood on your face. You're right. not distracted by trying to get out of the crater. Uh, but you see that the, the armor is gleaming in a way that really draws your attention. Whoa, Peter. That whoa, Peter. Whoa, Peter. Peter. Say. Whoa. Hey. Hey now. Why don't you try it out? Shoot Peter. <laughs> I don't have Here, a bow take, yet. Take my bow. I don't have I don't have a bow. All I have is the bracers. Hang on. Uh whoa, Peter. Look, let me have a look at that armor a little close up. Come here, let me see it. No, it's my precious. No, I don't mean take it off. I just mean come here, let me see it. My precious. I come over. As he approaches, the metal shines and it has a, like a bluish luster to it in the firelight, and your breath catches a little bit. You realize this is adamantine. And so adamantine cool, armor- I have Wolverine armor. <laughs> <laughs> what that means to you, Peter, is that the suit is reinforced with adamantine, one of the hardest substances in existence. While you're wearing it, any critical hit against you becomes a normal hit. 
That is the benefit Same. of adamantine armor. So you don't get any pluses to your armor class, but you can no longer be hit by a critical for critical damage. Wow. So each of you has a little gift as a memento of your time in the Red Castle in the Clouds. <sighs> Here in my Red Castle on a cloud. That was beautiful. And I think what we will do is go ahead and end it here with you perched at the edge of the jungle. Woohoo, so much action. You've made your way out of the crater. You've picked up a lot of treasure. Yeah. You're quite a bit richer now than you were. That's a lot of money. No joke. You had some good rolls on the money. And you've basically pushed on, putting yourself in a good position. If you want to use any hit dice now, you can. Um, I'm I'm pretty good for now. I'm only down by nine points at this point. And Womberbash, you were saying you didn't get hit I was at all. never hit. Okay. Uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and end the episode here. Sorry for no action, so to speak. Oh, that's fine. But sometimes you just need these little rest and relaxation yeah, episodes. Yeah, no kidding. After the last one. Yeah. Eesh. I'll say just take a base of two experience points each for finding treasure, for noticing things, that kind of stuff. And then we'll open it up for Norse battle. <laughs> okay, so can we have a recap? Or? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> could, we, could I have like a one point nomination or something like that for healing Tira or something like that? But maybe not. For doing your job. <laughs> yeah, right. For I will a, say, I, I liked Wamberbash's story. Yeah, that was good. Yes. Come up with that on the fly. Yeah, so I'll give you one for that. Yeah. I just need My. one more point to level up. I'm just joking. I'm like, what? There's no way. <laughs> no, you're not you were at 62 close. last time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. How did you know? <laughs> yeah, literally nothing happened. So, <laughs> I mean, we can't really nominate Bash for the idea of flying with the rope because that was from the last episode. I, and I already got you inspiration already got, for that. You already got stuff for that, yeah. Um, I think we got much of our benefit in game from the rolls with the treasure and the and the magical items and everything. Um, not much, not much to do there. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. So go ahead and give me a recap of your experience. All right. Tira is 62 points into level seven. Womberbash is 65 points into level seven. Peter Greyhawk is 66 points into level seven. Ooh. Keeping that edge. <laughs> Back in the dead last place again. Well, you were last episode too. I know, but I had pulled ahead for a little while there. Yeah. Good job, everyone. Again, not a whole lot of activity going on in this one but I think it's always fun to get little treasures and things and so mm-hmm. you needed some reward for all the stuff you've been through <laughs> and I don't try to be a stingy DM but that's just kind of the way it works out really? because <laughs> it seems like you're trying uh, so thank you stackers for joining us for this episode we hope you enjoyed the interplay and the uh, the new gadgets and gizmos our party has gotten we hope to see you here again next time at Stack of Dice. Many of the sound effects that you hear in our games week to week that make it so much richer and, and more interesting. To, no, that's not good. Because <laughs> without it, man. It is so Wow. <laughs> show would be so stupid. That's going to make the blooper reel right there. Sure it will. <laughs> it wasn't one of those sound effects. Woo! <laughs> Man, this would be tough to sit through.